0: Hello and welcome to Play DNA. I'm your host Damon, and I'm here with
1: Cassandra and Sarah.
0: And today we're going to talk about games, lots of games. The first, what games we played this week? I didn't play any games, so you have to go.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't either. <laughs> oh, well, that's sad, right? Um, we were we were busy. We did play a couple of escape simulator games. Uh, escape simulator is a video game that simulates escape rooms and it's pretty fun we played a few of those
2: yeah those are really fun and that one was the girl i don't know what it's called but she kept jumping out of my face and scaring the crap out of me
1: yeah we played the one that was like a horror game and it's like like
2: lily's closet or lily's mansion or dollhouse or i don't remember but a dollhouse maybe
1: it was um it was low budget (laughs) you know like like the that's what it looked like. It, it's user-made. So just like some person was really excited and made a game on Escape Room Simulator, which is awesome. Like, it's really cool that there's a community and people are starting to use it. And you can play other people's rooms. And they did a good job. But also the the scary, like, the, you're in this place with a haunted, the haunted mansion with this dead girl. And she's, like, jumping out and scaring you. And it was kind of scary, but also she was really goofy looking. She was but like... Then- even in the game, Sarah didn't want to walk anywhere without us. Like even in the digital game, so she'd be like going to check on a clue, and she's like, "Somebody come with me down the hall." <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. That's what she got you in the corridors. Oh, so silly. <laughs> um, I play quite a few games. We play. My mom and I always play cribbage. I went down to see my mom this weekend, so we played cribbage. We went to Bo's parents' house to play games, and we played a couple games of escape. My homemade version because they don't make that game anymore. And mm. then um, additionally, uh, I bought the game Canvas because of you guys talking about it. And it sounded really fascinating to me. Oh,
1: yeah. Did so, you like it?
2: Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And the funniest part. Well, first, you have to know how the game works. The game works is that there's these transparent cards and you stick them on top of each other and then you stick them in the sleeve. And then based on the picture, you get certain points based on the cards that are laid out for points.
1: You're trying to paint a painting using a variety of uh, cards stacked on top of each other.
2: And this is like a lame part of the game, but my favorite part of the game was that Bo's mom, Robin, did not understand. She didn't like, she understood how to play, but she just didn't care. Like she only cared about making her painting aesthetically pleasing looking. (laughs) So She didn't go for points at all. She's like, but this one looks pretty. I'm like, I don't care what you do, Robin. You're going to lose, obviously, but that is a nice (laughs) picture. So she just made these really nice pictures and, you know, from an art perspective she won, but from an actual game perspective she, like, lost, like, really bad, badly. Yeah.
1: But when Damon and I fun. played, I went for only points and I made hideous paintings, but somehow Damon still won and had really nice paintings.
0: So. I mean, if <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if it had been impossible to make the painting pretty, I probably would have chosen to lose.
1: Yeah.
2: So, those are the ones I played, and I would highly recommend that canvas game. It's fun. And I don't know if you guys played this in person or online when you played it. We played it online.
1: It It wasn't, I don't think it was even available in person when we played it because it's a recent game and it was kickstarted.
2: Yeah. So, in the actual physical copy of the game, it's really clever. So, the rule book says canvas on it and has this really kind of beautiful background, but the actual rule book feels like a canvas.
0: As if you were painting.
2: And I just thought that was so nice <laughs> that they that did, is like, cool. put the effort in to make it look like or and feel like a canvas. So that where was did you buy it from? Amazon. I got okay. it on Amazon. Oh,
1: so. I'm surprised it's on Amazon. Um that's great. Good for them. Well, uh today is a curation episode, and we are I, I realized as I was thinking about games, we're gonna kinda repeat some of the games we talked about last week because last week we talked about randomness. And one of the major uh, components in random games are often dice. But today we're talking about dice games, um, great games that involve dice. So, uh, Sarah, do you want to start with one of your picks?
2: Sure. My first pick is Dice Hospital. I think everyone here likes the game. Um, it's really I played it- It's a great game. I've played it a few times since I purchased it, but we've played it first online. But in Dice Hospital, everyone is taking a different ambulance each round and the dice are essentially patients. The lower the number on the dice, the more sick the patient is. And different wards in your hospital can only heal certain numbers of patients. Like like uh, the intensive care unit can only heal one to two dice, for instance. And then there's like a critical care unit that does like three to four numbered dice. And then there's like an imaging department that will repair five and six numbered dice. And then you can purchase... You don't purchase them, but at the beginning of each round, you can either choose to upgrade your hospital with a new doctor, which can help turn the dice faster, uh, heal them faster, or different uh, wards in your hospital, so you can add on different wings that also repair different numbered dice differently. And whoever essentially heals the most patients wins the game. And I like the theme of it. It's a really clever game.
1: I found it particularly impressive that the theme was actually like... It's not even tacked on. Even though the dice are your patients, it really does feel like a hospital game. It does. It really does. And I like how col-
2: the dice are colorful and and there's blood bags and all kinds of stuff you can upgrade and, and try to save patients. Nice. So,
1: Yeah. Cool. Uh, my first pick is the Vegas dice game. We've talked about the Vegas dice game a few times. It's so good and it's so simple. It's just like just it's what happens when you boil a game down to the bare minimum math, and the math is just really great. Um, But in Vegas Dice Game, you get eight dice, each player gets eight dice, and there are six casinos laid out in front of you. Each casino has a number on it from one to six, and you uh, place money into each casino. Uh, each round, there's a different amount of money. There are all of these bills that get placed down, and the bills are a huge variety of amounts. Like, it goes between, I don't know, something like 10000 to like 90000 um, Huge variability. Everybody rolls their dice. Uh, in turn order, you are going to lay down dice in one of the casinos. You lay down all of your ones in the one casino or all of your twos in the two casino, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, So then at the end of a round, whoever has the majority of the dice in each of those casinos is going to get the money that is laid out on those casinos. Um, If it is a casino that has more than one bill on it, then there's a second place player who can get the second bill. Um, But the place that it gets really great and clever and like savage is if two players tie then both of them get taken out of play. So if two players each have three dice inside of the six casino, all of those dice get removed. And then if somebody had just one dice in there, they're the winner and they're the one who gets all the money. Um, So it's really easy to get screwed. It's really easy to screw over other people like at the last minute. It's just like really, really clever, fun, great, quick game. I would recommend it to anybody.
2: And I always recommend playing with Jerry. He's like the ghost oh, player in the game. you're <laughs> right,
1: right. If you have, if you're playing with a certain number of people, it can go up to a lot of people. I can't remember exactly how many, but um, if you're only playing with like three people, for example, which which we've done before, then you can play and you should play with a Jerry who is like a a non-player character, and uh, basically everybody gets some of Jerry's dice that you can roll, and the only point of Jerry's dice is to screw over other people. So you can't get any points using his dice, but if you really want to screw somebody out of, you know, the two casino, then you can put Jerry's dice in the two casino the same amount as the other person so that they have to take their dice out and they, they get nothing. So... Yeah, it's, it's so good. good when you
2: screw people over and they get so mad at Jerry. <laughs> well, <like> they <it> mostly <laughs> get mad at you, but Jerry's great.
1: <laughs> great game.
0: My first game is Era, which is actually the most recent game we acquired, so we've only played it, you know, a half dozen times. But um, Era is an upgrade on Roll for the Bronze Age, a Matt Leacock game we might know has made Pandemic. Roll for the Bronze Age wasn't the most popular game. It's was previously my favorite dice game. Uh, It was just a roll and write dice plus paper plus pencil game. I Um, love it. It's like a a micro civilization game. And then he adapted it into this peg-based, slightly longer civilization game with little plastic buildings and dice. And it's basically the same system, but refined uh, and expanded and just way overproduced. Uh, I liked it before. I love it now. It's great. Uh, highly recommended. Either one of those: Roll for the Bronze Age or Era. Um, Roll for the Bronze Age is a lot cheaper. I'm not sure it's still in print. Uh, Era is more expensive, but is definitely available um, to purchase. <laughs> so that's an advantage. Uh, but either either one of those games is great, um, and they're wonderful little thirty-minute civilization-building dice-rolling disaster games.
2: My next game is also a civilization building sort of game. It's called Troy's Dice. And um, I think this must have been I think maybe you said it was a board game at one point Damon. I don't know. Troy's
0: was originally a board game.
2: Well, They can. They must have condensed it down or I've never played the other game. I've only played Troy's Dice. But in Troy's Dice, you roll these dice. It's a roll and write game. And you place them on this circular wheel in the middle of the table. Each disc in the wheel has a different ability that you can choose to do. Um, and then the clever part about the game is that each day of the week, you, you play for seven days. And each day you turn the wheel and then roll the dice again. So different abilities shift throughout the game hmm. and so you can place strongholds around buildings or build buildings and then there's um a little bit of a random aspect at the end, at the end of the turn where things can get destroyed if you have no strongholds around those buildings and the person who's built up their city the most with the most unique buildings and has the most victory points wins the game but it's it's a really cool balancing act game where you want to protect things, but you also want to build more buildings to get more points. So I think it's really clever and everyone I've played it with has really enjoyed it. And it's fairly highly rated on board game geek.
1: Nice. I like the sound of the uh, rotating disc in the middle. Yeah. It's really clever. Uh, my second game is escape the curse of the temple. And this is, this, game. this is a cooperative game And not only that, it is a real-time game. Um, I can only think of two other real-time dice games, and those would be Fuse and Cuphead. Um, But real-time means that there are no turns. Like, basically, everybody's doing everything at the same time. No turns. And in this particular case, you're rolling your dice as fast as humanly possible. Uh, So you are in this temple. You're trying to get out everything that you can do is done with dice. So you can not. You cannot walk through a door unless you roll certain dice. Um, you cannot pick up a gem, which is one of the things you're trying to do is pick up all these gems. You can't pick up a gem unless you roll certain dice. And everybody is moving and working individually, even though it's cooperative. Um, the time when it gets super cooperative is there are two times one sometimes you run into a room that requires a huge number of dice so maybe there's this huge cache of gems and in order to access those gems you need to have 11 dice with the torch side up nobody has 11 dice so that's a that's a time when you would have to find it yell to your companions oh my god you gotta come to this room really fast and roll you know until we get all of these torches in that case you're helping each other the second way that you're helping each other and it happens pretty frequently is it's possible for you to lock yourself out of the ability to roll dice and the way that you do that is one side of the dice is this black statue if you roll a black statue you can't re-roll it it's stuck as a black statue for as long as it takes for somebody to roll a gold statue and give it to you Or you can also roll a gold statue yourself, but what happens is people are trying to move fast, they're pushing their luck, and then they lock themselves out. So if you have all of your dice locked as black statues, you've got to yell for help. And you're like, oh my god, please somebody help me get out of this. And if somebody moves into your room and rolls a gold statue, then you can remove two of those black statue dice and they can be re-rolled again. Um, So there's a constant back and forth of people getting locked and then unlocked and then the other person gets locked and they have to be unlocked. Um, The reason you're moving so fast is because the game all happens within a 10 minute timer. So the game comes with an audio track that you play uh, and at the end of 10 minutes, the game is going to be over. It's just a really, really fast game. Barely have to do anything to learn it. Um, and it's also expandable. Um, within the base game, it comes with these tiles that you can use once you know the game a little better, you want more of a challenge. There are curses, um, which we, we did not play with, but there are a variety of ways that you can make the game more challenging after you've kind of gotten used to the base level of the game. Um, but it's, it's a fun one, and it's cooperative. I don't think there are too many cooperative dice games.
2: The first time I played that game, I immediately ran out and bought it. And I thought it was so fun. And I played it with Bo, and he was like, I'm not a huge fan of this game. Why? This game is great. You're just biased.
1: Well, you know, it it falls victim to the same problem that any real-time game has, which we've talked about before, which is there's no way to... Undo a mistake, basically. Exactly, yeah. If you
2: accidentally rolled that die again and you weren't supposed to, or... Real-time dice
0: games are even more haphazard than... Real time, other games, so right?
1: Yeah, your dice can be like- flying all over the place. Like, there's there just so many things that can happen. Apparently, if you graduate to like the more complex cards and tiles, there are the curses will give you certain things like sometimes you can't speak or sometimes you can only use (laughs) one hand and one of the ones is if you roll a dice and it goes off the table it's gone forever (laughs) oh my gosh it's down the hole
2: the cave hole (laughs) yeah which i feel like
1: would happen a lot probably in this kind of game because it is so fast and furious um so i don't think it's for everybody but it i mean it was fun we had we had a good time playing it
0: these are games that need big dice cup things to hold the dice.
1: oh yeah i yeah dice cups highly recommended for sure (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh my second game is king of tokyo uh, despite what it looks like on the box and despite all the like cardboard available king of tokyo is a straightforward dice rolling game uh there's nothing but dice rolling in that game and a very small handful of cards to modify your dice um king of tokyo has become sort of a semi classic um as well as king of new york which i've only played once and i'm not even sure i like knew what i was doing in that case like how it was dif- it's different. the same game, isn't it? It's the same it? game, yeah. functionally. Um, so I'm not sure if there was like any actual difference that I want to talk about in that case. But King of New York um, has these five monster dice. You choose a monster, but all your monsters are the same. And uh, you will be trying to take over Tokyo and get in points. In King of Tokyo, not Tokyo. King of New York. Yeah, I'm talking about King of Tokyo. But in <laughs> King of New York, you're taking over New York. Yeah. Similar game. I hold the center of Tokyo and you'll get points. Uh, get kicked out of Tokyo and you'll lose health. Uh, whoever's in the center is going to be the target of everybody outside and uh, whoever's outside is going to be the target of whoever's in the center so it's this uh, king of the hill dice rolling thing Um, it's got all the hallmarks of good dice games with custom dice uh, kind of push your luck elements and very simple upgrades um, involving these cards you can buy with one little currency that comes up on your dice Uh, it's a great game Very fast, very, very easy to learn. Basically, anybody can play it. It's good stuff. And it's big and chunky.
1: Very chunky. My final
2: game is Sagrada. It's a game about stained glass windows. You're building your own stained glass window. Um, It's a dice drafting game. So everyone will... The lead person will roll the dice and then it goes around the table. And then you go back the opposite direction to pick up the remaining dice. And then you place them in your little player mat and you can never have the same shade or color of dice next to each other. These dice are really beautiful. They're very transparent, clear dice that look like stained glass. The theme is very well done. And everyone has their own objective cards. So you're trying to get your objectives to make the most points and everyone else is doing the same. So very fun, clever dice drafting game. They have expansions for Sagrada now. I don't, I've never played the expansions, but I know that there's more variety in... And stuff in in the expansion decks, but I I highly like this game and I think it's it's not that complex to learn. So that's my my third and final game. There's not much more to say. Just nice stained glass <laughs> diced game.
1: Nice. Well, my final game is one that so- everybody knows, which is Can't Stop. But I can't not talk about Can't Stop. It's like the dice game. You can't
0: stop talking about. Can't, can't stop. stop talking
1: about Can't Stop. Uh, Can't Stop is, is great and it's another one of those just like boiled down to the bare minimum, like just the simplest possible mechanics for a game. Um, all you're doing is rolling dice and choosing when to stop. And uh, that's it. So the board is really clever. Damon actually mentioned it in last week's episode about randomness. Uh, the board is set up with a number of columns, uh, numbered 1 through 12. And the columns are differing in their length because it's easiest to roll like a 6, 7, and 8 on a set of dice, on two, two dice. Uh, and it's harder to roll like a one and a 12 on two sets of dice. So the board itself shows you that U-curve. It shows you the probability of rolling each of these things and you are rolling these dice and determining, based on the results of the dice that you roll, uh, which numbers you are going to go for. You are rolling four dice and you are adding up those dice in whatever way you want. So, you know, maybe you have Two fours and two twos, and you can add up those two fours to get an eight, and you can add up the two twos to get a four, or you can add them up differently so that you can get two sixes. And then you are moving your pegs, that number of spaces, up on that track, the, the track of the number that you chose. Uh, and you can just keep going until you choose to stop, and that's the, that's the most exciting part of the game. Or is you bust. The, or you bust, which <laughs> usually is what happens. Yeah. So so it, it it tricks you into this sense of security because the first couple of times that you roll the dice, you can't lose. And so you can always make progress forwards, even if you don't push your luck, you can always make progress forwards just by rolling the dice twice and then stopping, because you can make progress up, of t- up two tracks each of your turns. Um, on the third roll is when it starts getting dangerous, because if you don't roll one of those two numbers again, so say I started making progress up the seven track and the twelve track, if you don't roll a seven again or you don't roll a twelve again, you bust, Uh, and so it's just, it's this really juicy conundrum every single time, like, do you keep pushing or do you not? What are the chances? And if you are rolling on the 12 or the 1, like, those are really hard numbers to get. But if you're rolling on that 6 or 7 or 8, those are pretty easy, um, so you feel like you can push your luck more and, and get higher up. But then, of course, it happens that you get up like five spaces on one of the tracks and then you bust and you lose all of your progress. And um, it's, it's a great game just because every single person's turn is interesting. Um, even when it's not your turn, you're paying attention because you're either really cheering people on like, oh my God, I really want to see them do this. Or you're really, you know, booing people down and you're like, no, bust, bust, bust. And um, it's always yeah, usually
2: fun. Usually the ladders that go first are the six, seven, and eight ladders because those are the more common numbers to roll. So. Yeah.
1: Yep. Great it's game. A little dicey after that. <laughs>
2: <Duh>. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pun intended. <laughs>
0: All right, my third game is uh, Peruto or Liar's Dice. This is an old game.
1: Mm-hmm. This is, Another maybe, classic. It might be
0: the oldest game. I don't know. We don't really know where Peruto came from exactly. Uh, those are basically the same game. I've never figured out if there's actually any differences between Peruto or Liar's Dice, although I think Board game Geek lists it as Peruto. Um, lots of people now, if you've run into Liar's Dice and you're younger, you might have actually seen it in Red Dead Redemption, which is one of the only places that Liar's Dice is, like, super popular.
1: Which is a video game.
0: Um, it's a very simple game. Um, you can play with dice or you can play with cards. Uh, but you have these cups with the dice. Roll the dice. Under the cups, say how many dice of one type that you have. One one, two ones, three ones, two twos, three threes. You eventually get to the point where people are almost certainly lying, but if you call them out you better be sure that they're actually lying or you're going to lose dice, Um, making it much harder to continue playing the game. Hmm. Uh, It's a betting game. It's poker-like in that most of the game is in reading other people, not actually figuring out whether the dice are doing what you think they're doing, but whether people are lying or not. Uh, It's a great game. It's another very simple game. Um, And this is a game, usually I think the dice don't really make games better i usually like cards in this case i've played it both as a card game and as a dice game it's a better dice game um it works great as a dice game it's just unlike some of the other dice games we've talked about this one requires uh cups or something that can hide your dice very very effectively and be able to roll quickly Hmm. it's supposed to be a fast betting game uh, where the dice have to be hidden and re-rolled so Great game, Prudho.
2: There is stuff. so much contention around that game in my like specific gaming group because <laughs> I like to play it a certain way and other people like to play it that specific certain way. And then other people don't like to play it that way. And I guess you can play it with... There's two things I like to play the game with, which is the one roll, which you can go down to ones if you'd like. Um, but then you have to times the number of ones by dice and add one. This I, sounds I, this very was, like, complicated. <laughs> I like this, this rule better. And then there's another one uh, where you say dudo, which means like you think there's exactly that amount of dice. And if you're correct, you get a dice back. Mm. And I've been right on that so many times. Like I think the dudo rule is excellent. And like I love to play with the dudo rule. And some people are like, no, that's a dumb rule. We're not playing with it. And then I'm like, I don't want to play it then. <laughs> but not everyone plays by these really specific, strange rules that are in the rule book but don't have to be played by. So I don't know. I love the game if if we have the special rules but I don't really care for it if we use the dumb rules
0: <laughs> it's a game that's going to have a lot of house rules involved yeah. just like poker there's a lot of variations it's old it's going to have a lot of different versions um, so find one you like play with that
1: those are all of our dice games for this week let us know if we missed any that you really like you can find us at playdnapodcast.com uh, message us look at our other episodes Um, and let us know what you think of dice. But until next week, play safe, play often, and we will see you next time.